Let's uh, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line now. And next up on the program uh, is our good friend Joe Bartle of RotoWire back with us after a week hiatus. It is time for the Super Bowl, Joe, and uh, great to have you on the show. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, this week's game. Excited to be on the show. Last time talking uh, football for a little bit at least. So hopefully it's a good game. You know, that's, that's what my rooting interest is, that this is a competitive game. But the thing we're not talking about come Tuesday, I guess Monday, uh, but we can assume we're all in our still comatose Monday. So Tuesday is not how good Rihanna's show will be, but how good the game was. Absolutely. Now, do you have a, a favorite grouping of Super Bowl prop bets, or do you try and stay away from some, some of those uh, kind of weird angles on the game? Oh, no, no. I, I love doing the prop bets. The only issue is I typically do the research with as little time to uh, make stinker tinker choices as possible. So I really commit to the prop bets uh, Thursday and Friday. In fact, uh, we have a whole segment, or, or I guess probably two, dedicated to the SiriusXM show I do on Friday where we are working on the prop bets, and I love those. I, I remember two years ago uh, there was an over on Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards or Fortnite kills for the team uh, Fortnite championship. And as somebody that does eSports stuff as well, like I, did, I knew that was a lock. Uh, when it came to the home was rushing years. But there's, there are always things like that, and I think even more so now uh, where we're at with gambling in the stage of uh, of America. I, like, I think there will be tons of those literally every single day to the point where a savvy site <clears throat> like Rotowire would be putting together day-by-day uh, day different uh, sections for profits to target uh, across all the major uh, all the major sports books. So that's definitely on our site. I know there's other ones, but we're the best at it. Uh, so I would continue to check that out. I have not personally gotten that research yet, but I know it's out there. I have not looked up all the prop bets yet, Joe, but I imagine there's going to be something on, like, how many times they show Jason and Travis Kelsey's mom. Because uh, oh, that's, yeah. that's made the rounds all week. Four and a half. Oh, four and a half? Okay. I, you know, might pound the over on that, especially in a close game or every time Travis does something. Hopefully, Jason doesn't get called for a penalty or something. Uh, but talking to Joe Bartle of Roto Wire here, uh, we did not formally recap championship week with you, Joe, uh, but just a quick thought on what we did see between the Bengals and Chiefs and then obviously the Eagles. Uh, with, with Brock Purdy getting hurt for San Francisco, I mean, that game was, was never competitive. And that's the type of game we hope we don't see uh, on Sunday. Yeah, exactly, and that's the the big key for me. Is uh, I have uh, zero rooting interest in either of these teams. If both could lose, that'd be totally fine with me. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So I just want a good game, and we did not get that against the Niners and Eagles. And I think it's frustrating. I believe the Eagles would have beat the Niners, possibly even handily, even if Brock Purdy was playing. But we're never going to know. And nobody has Tommy John surgery. And I know that they said six months, but I don't quite understand why baseball players are out two years and. Uh, yet you're going to have a quarterback. I would, it seems like a similar throwing motion to me, only out six months. So I don't believe at all that he'll be ready for uh, next year. And I think that only complicates the Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo angle even more. Uh, I, I was ready and pretty willing to believe that the Eagles would make Brock Purdy look more like a seventh-round quarterback. And, again, there's something wrong with getting a quality backup in the seventh round. But people are talking like uh, Tom Brady and Brock Purdy, they're going to go coincide. And I just thought that was – Ridiculous and overhyped, and unfortunately, I think we're going to get that all over again. But now the people who were making those silly comments get the cop out saying, oh, yeah, well, yeah, Tommy John surgery, of course, it's not going to look the same. No, it, it, it's just not that good. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a frustrating result to me. I was also frustrated by the Chiefs and Bengals game, and I was 
I believe the Bengals were the best team. I don't know. The Chiefs played way more competitive than I would have thought. I also think they were aided pretty substantially by some poor officiating throughout the entire second half. And and I that happens in every game. You know, think back to the, the Rams and the Saints game um, from however long it was ago. That one was the most egregious error in officiating that I've ever seen. And I know Rams fans will point out how the Saints did X, Y, and Z thing, whatever. My point is it goes, it, you have to fight through the officiating. That it just that was the whole season. But that was the entire NFL season felt like bad officiated game after bad officiated game. And what little platform I have, I want to use it to please encourage the NFL to be better at this because it ruins the experience for me. I love football. I deeply, passionately love football. But not when I have to worry about what black and white is going to do every single time uh, a critical play is made or not made. Or if you just get to redo it down with the Chiefs, for whatever the reason. So that was the takeaway from the Chiefs-Bengals game. And it shouldn't have been. That should not have been the thing that was trending in America for two days in Twitter. It's just, it, it was frustrating, but it really wasn't a, a encapsulation of what the season was for me. Joe, when you look at this uh, coming up Super Bowl, you you know there's a lot of different storylines coming into it, and there's a lot of different uh, you know uh, news or, around the Super Bowl. What do you make of uh, you know the Jalen Hurts maybe not being 100 percent going into this game? Yeah, I think because Mahomes probably isn't 100 percent either, it, it sort of evens out uh, in, in some ways. I was convinced post Giants games that was two games ago that Jalen Hurts was going to be fine enough for this playoff run. They, they were. The Eagles were using Jalen Hurts really like they have been all season long. And if there was concern that Jalen Hurts was not going to be able to manage that workload, then they wouldn't have been putting him in that position, given the run uh, throughout the playoffs they could have had and the opponents they had, too. I know that the Eagles couldn't have, pre- couldn't have predicted that they'd be down to Brock Purdy, could only throw to five yards uh, by the second quarter. But I mean, the Niners were a lesser team who was on their third starting quarterback. I mean, this was... They were uh, obvious favorites in both those games, the Giants and Flanagan, respectively. So if Jalen Hurts wasn't capable of being that level of Jalen Hurts, they wouldn't have been putting him in that spot. So I'm not, I'm not that concerned. On the flip side, I'm not concerned about Patrick Mahomes either with his uh, high ankle sprain or lack thereof. Like if it was really a true high ankle sprain, there's there's no amount of like uh, Brett Favre level injections to your ankle that are going to make it better. Like you just you could not operate if it was a high ankle sprain on that. So I think. The reporting got wrong there somehow, or it's like a lower degree high ankle sprain than the typical woman has to be out, out four to six weeks. Like, it you you can't just inject that. From I'm not a doctor, so I guess uh, I'll put my PhD aside here. I I just don't believe that's the case. So I think both these guys, especially with Mahomes and Hurts getting the, the two plus weeks here now to get ready, they they will be good, and we're going to have like a good quarterback battle, or neither player is severely limited by their injuries. Good quarterback battle. Both of these teams have pretty good offenses to go behind those quarterbacks. Let's flip it to the other side. Uh, which defense do you think has the better uh, has, has going to have the better game on Sunday? I think it's the Eagles. And, and if you were to say which one are you going to pick, I'm going to lean the Eagles for this exact reason. Because you're right, both these offenses are pretty good. And I think we kind of have to see what the pass catchers for the Chiefs are going to do. I mean, if you remember, it was two weeks ago, you had Juju Smith-Schuster and Nicole Harbin. Uh, both leave that game throughout. And I know they will play in this contest, but that actually is more worrisome to me than Jalen Hurts or Mahomes' injuries. And MVS, Marquez Fellows-Scantling, had a great game against the Bengals. As a Packers fan, I'm well aware that you're not going to get a second straight game that's great to that level out of MVS again. So it would be a lot on Travis Kelsey and a lot on Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and really the run game for the Chiefs to be able to effectively keep pace with the Eagles. And I just don't see that happening. It's 
that's one of my biggest concerns that, that the Chiefs can't run the ball and will become one-dimensional. And given how great that Eagles defense is, when they can pin their ears back, we've seen it this season. They are one of the best teams in the league, I think, uh, other than the Bears, or maybe they're on pace to beat the 1985 Bears uh, sack record total. I mean, it's it's really incredible in today's day and age that there's a defense put together that can do that, but also credit to the coaching staff to getting these players into position. So I think a lot of people would have said, oh, yeah, the Eagles, pretty good defense, a pretty good team overall, but not one of the best defenses of all time. And I think uh, you give two weeks of preparation to that kind of squad and that coaching staff, it leans towards the Eagles in, that, in, in my mind. And then, Joe, kind of along those lines defensively, I, I feel like uh, with Kansas City's weaponry this, this year, uh, they have obviously not ended up missing Tyree Kill, and they've kind of done it by committee, but also just the fact that Travis Kelsey continues to be uh, the best receiving tight end in the NFL. If you're the Eagles, do you game plan to take him away and make the wide receivers beat you, or do you kind of understand that Kelsey is going to get his anyway and just try and situationally be aware of him and make sure the other guys don't get going? Yeah, I think it's the latter, and you really brought up a good point. You see this in basketball all the time, and um, I, I have yet to see it really play out in in the biggest of stages like this to the way you would anticipate it would be for basketball. Okay, you just do like a uh, you know a, a crazy defense where you're having to double team uh, a Giannis, or whatever, throughout most of the contest. Fine. I, I think if you're devoting enough attention to Travis Kelsey, where you would expect to, given how great he has been this season and throughout his career you're not only deviating resources away from other players, not that MVS can't still be okay, not great like last week or two weeks ago, but still okay, or San Francisco or Tony or Nico Hartman or Jared McKinnon. But it's it's also the presence of Travis Kelsey that I think would be impacting things mentally too. Like I think Kaiser White's one of the better, one of the best coverage linebackers in the game. He will not be able to go one-for-one one on Travis Kelsey. However, if he said, Kaiser White, let's do the best we can to limit Travis Kelsey, it allows the rest of that secondary to be truly fantastic, I think, in a lot of ways. I find the Eagles want to limit explosive plays. I can churn out yardage. We could play a field possession game. Most of America won't want to watch that, but the Eagles will very easily be able to win a game where uh, the Chiefs have to punt six times and the Eagles punt seven. Like that, That is up the Eagles' alley. But if Mahomes is able to roll out of the pocket, if he's able to make uh, deeper plays and extend plays in that regard, uh, that's that's really where the Chiefs could hurt you. Not that they're going to score big. That's that's what you could do with Tyree Kill. What you can't do now is one-play touchdowns. But you certainly can change and tilt the momentum and outcome just by a couple of long first downs. So long as the Eagles manage that, and, and they think they should, I would be uh, really prepared for that if that's the case then you're fine. And, and what, if Travis Kelsey gets 10 catches for 80 yards, so be it. Like you, you can win that game if you're the Eagles. It becomes much less certain if you're giving up explosive plays to the Chiefs and then feeling possibly like the offense needs to do the same thing when they shouldn't be. They, they can rely on consistent chunks of yards on the ground or through A.J. Brown um, to mitigate that kind of necessity. Talking to Joe Bartle of RotoWire here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Final couple questions for Joe. Uh, let's go ahead and get the official Joe Bartle prediction here. Who you got and uh, what will be the deciding factor in this game? Yeah, so the Eagles are favored by one and a half. The over-under is at 51 and a half. I, I like the Eagles. I'll take the points in that scenario, too. I don't think the over covers. So I, I, I would either go like a 24-20 or uh 
like a 27-20 kind of scenario. If the Chiefs score four touchdowns, they win. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Eagles like a 24-21 or 24-20 over the Chiefs. The deciding factor is going to be the limitation of the big plays. In fact, one of my favorite prop bets the entire year, and I, you know, again, I'll do my research on how long Ariana Grande is going to be singing her songs or whatever it is. I don't even know if she's actually uh, out there this time around. But uh, the over-under on longest reception per player has been one of my favorite ones to target because it's the very easiest one to scheme up or like scheme up and figure out. Obviously, there are going to be times where fluky plays happen and teams can't tackle a player, X, Y, and Z. But for the most part, you could be able to say, yes, this defense will allow a 25-plus yard reception to a tight end, or yes, this defense will limit the uh, receiver to under 20-yard receptions. I think if the Chiefs are able to get maybe, let's just say, five or more plays of 30-plus yards, they will win this contest. The Eagles defense should be prepared for that, even the wrinkles that Andy Reid's going to put in. Uh, and that's why I lean towards that. But that, that's my biggest difference, difference maker. And if you were to part away Eagles to win uh, and, and to cover the spread, I would certainly take a lot of the under on those longest reception play props. He's Joe Barnell of Roto-Wire. Joe, as always, we appreciate the time. What can the can, what can everyone look forward to coverage-wise out of Roto-Wire here for the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's a, it's a big sports week. So I mentioned the Super Bowl. We have like daily prop articles going up every single time. Uh, it varies by state, but we also have like different state props uh, up as well too, depending on what your sport what sports book your state is in. Um, there are like different deals and promotions uh, that we are really kind of in the throngs of right now. Uh, we we have a lot of other coverage coming. I think either from a DFS perspective, um, from a podcast or articles as well to come too. A lot of people love doing these single-game showdowns on DraftKings and FanDuel, and I think that's kind of a, a lost art as well, too. So we have a lot of coverage in that facet. And, of course, it's a trade deadline tomorrow, right? So we have the NBA part of this as well, too. College basketball is heating up. We've got a lot of March Madness coverage, uh, and we'll continue to do so as we get ready for that. I mean, I'm, I'm loving this time of year. Uh, I also love to get the NFL Draft Month as well. I've been doing a lot of coverage or getting prepared for that on the Sirius XM show talking upcoming rookie class. That's many Auburn guys, but I could work you guys in at some point over the next couple weeks when we're still on air. And baseball season, too. So there, there's literally so much going on right now. Right away, this is one of the best times, I feel like, in the sports calendar every single year. Absolutely. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. May it be a close, competitive game, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Yes, enjoy the wings. Enjoy the pizza. Drink responsibly. Have fun on Monday. Just take off at work. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. All right, guys. Thanks.